Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tutors of Life podcast, episode 17. This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. Sam and I are drinking some coffee. Nice Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Day before the podcast comes out, so getting it done in time. And we are going to talk about a smorgasbord of random tidbits from the week. Yeah. Um, an update. So it is May 16th, 2021. Dogecoin is at 51 cents. Nice. Mm-hmm. I haven't checked it yet today. I checked it this morning when I was in bed. Dang. I haven't checked my account. I don't even know if I checked it yesterday. Crazy world we're living in. I've discovered the more I look at it, the worse it gets. So I just try not to look at it. Yeah. my Yeah. <clears throat> Mine are always just seeming to not do too well lately the past week. But, um. What can you do, you know? So. I mean, they did go up on Friday, so. Yeah, yeah, so it was pretty cool. Like, during the week, I went down, like, 20%, but I came back, like, 8% on Friday, so that was, yeah. And that's not just Dogecoin. That's mostly stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this week was not a good week for the stock market in general. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah, it'll come back, hopefully, maybe in four years, but who knows. Mm. <clears throat> it definitely, like, teaches us to, like, be patient and not um like make quick decisions oh yeah no i mean and that's the other thing is only put in the money you're willing to not use Mm -hmm. so i mean we can't use that money that's in the market until we get it back out and we're not going to get it back out unless we win Mm -hmm. so there's that or if the company fails but whatever the rich people's gambling well minus the fact that we're rich Valid. Yeah. But um, Ryan and I had, uh, we got another group home. So it's our sixth house for stable living, but it's our fifth licensed group home or adult family home. And so we got that licensed Friday and it was awesome. It was going well. And then the two surveyors were like, Here's for the bad news. We need to go down and to another one of your adult family homes that was inspected for a complaint about a year and a half ago to see if we have corrected the feedback given to us. So we went down there. Ryan and I didn't even remember half the stuff we got cited for because it was a year and a half ago. Uh, but with, so they didn't come back because, I don't know, COVID, I guess, was a big part they didn't come back? Uh, I think it was 100% COVID. Yeah, I think COVID was why we haven't seen them, because we made a plan, <clears throat> so we made a plan, of, they came in and gave us citations, then we had to submit a plan of corrections, um, which they don't do that anymore, which I don't know if I'm a fan of, but whatever. Um, we had to submit a plan of corrections to make sure that the surveyor checks off that, yep, this meets our timeline for when it'll be done. And you have stated how you're going to fix everything. So as long as you do that and we come back in and check, you're good. So 
it's kind of a nice tool. Anyways, boom, we filled that out, sent it back. Didn't hear from them for a year and a half. They come in, license our house. Then they're like, okay, let's go check it out. We head down, they inspect the house, and we passed on everything uh, from a year and a half ago. So that was a very big win for us. Um, it just showed that like, you have, I, I made an Instagram post about it, but we received feedback. We had a failure. My partner Ryan and I had a failure in the business and that failure was not having the group homes up to standard. Mm -hmm. So we failed. Then the state came in and gave us a list of feedback that we had to make a plan of corrections to bring us back up to standard. So we took the feedback, we implemented a bunch of new policies, we did a bunch of new things so that when they came back in, it would just be a new process, it would be a new like standard. And so we took their feedback, put in these new processes, and a year and a half later, these processes are still running and they checked everything off and it got to the point that it's so much a part of our business that a year and a half later, we didn't even realize, like, we forgot that we got feedback on that stuff because it's been a part of our business for so long now. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, because you even made it, uh, they, I mean, they literally call it the list of deficiencies. So every house gets checked on them at least. Uh, I think we were doing it every other week, maybe once a month. Yeah, right now it's um, uh, the house manager goes, or not the house manager, the regional manager, Cody, he goes in once a month and does a list of deficiencies check. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, they're getting graded on those things every single month. All the house managers know what that list is and what they need to look for. So it really did help you guys a lot to make your houses better. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you have to say what they told you, what the one surveyor told you. Um, didn't he say you have to open another home? Oh, so when they were checking out our fifth one, they asked, the, the one of the surveyors asked if we had another house in the hopper. And we're like, uh, no, we don't, but apparently we should. And there is always a need for more. So, okay. And then uh, afterwards, we got an email from the other surveyor who said, you know, good job today. Keep providing uh, superior quality care to your peers, and there will always be uh, more need for us to add, add houses mm -hmm. and, and need for placement uh, for individuals who aren't able to provide all their care on their own mm -hmm. um, and so that was really cool that uh, both the surveyors were happy with the level of care and our standard we have um, and that they even encouraged us to do more one thing I really like about that is it really shows how you guys took the feedback the criticism and you guys really turned it into, like, a positive way. Like, you weren't upset that you failed. You used it 
to better your company and yourselves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at first, we were a little upset uh, because there was a lot of stuff to fix, <laughs> which that was a lot of work. Um, but overall, it was a really good thing, right? Because it helps us grow as a company and we're able to implement a lot of new policies. And so one, one thing I like about that or one good saying I like is you either win or you learn. Mm -hmm. There's no failing. You either win or you learn. And in this instance, we learned. Mm -hmm. It felt like a failure in the instance, but it ended up being a good learning process. Mm -hmm. Think how different your company was at that time compared to what it is now. Just not even... In the same realm. I don't even consider it a company back then. Yeah. It was just a fucking thing. Because when that happened, that was... Oh, man, I think I only had to been there for, like, two weeks. Yeah, that was just a... It wasn't really a company back then. It no. was kind of just floating around along a business. Now, knowing what Ryan and I now know him, like, going into GT business ventures and stuff, we're going to be able to make that a business so much faster mm -hmm. knowing what a business should run like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, I mean, that'll help us moving forward in any venture we do. Yeah. Because that really, the state coming in and, like, destroying you guys like that, that really changed my men mindset working for you guys. And I, I really wanted to make it so you two shouldn't have had to be there so much. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, that's when something clicked in me that I was just like, this needs to change and, like, they shouldn't have had to worry about this anyways. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I went into high gear of like actually becoming a house manager, making, I think I suggested to you guys to make other people house managers. Cause you only had, I think house three technically had a house <coughs> manager, mm -hmm. but home one didn't. Correct. And then, yeah, that's when I really started setting up like procedures for you guys and, checklists and I started scheduling for you guys mm -hmm. um and I think that really helped you two realize like oh people are competent we don't need to be doing all this shit anymore some people are competent true yes some people a lot most uh most aren't a good majority aren't it yeah. and that's like that's the problem I'm having at my current work is like we're having a hard time finding people that are competent very difficult Mm -hmm. it is. And it's not even, it's not even just like low paying entry level jobs. It's like skilled jobs. Mm -hmm. I've worked with guys making, you know, a, like good standard living and they're not competent. Mm -hmm. They might be competent at their specific work, like their specific duty, mm -hmm. but anything outside of that, incompetence. Well, that like too is like. Being a house manager for your companies, it's different because you need to have so many different skill sets. Mm -hmm. you, ne you need to be able to be, like, compassionate and be there for the residents because, I mean, you're there to take care of them and, like, they need someone to support them through everything. Mm -hmm. um, you need someone who, I mean, they have to do all the paperwork and training. So they have to have so many different aspects and skills within them. 
um, just to be able to do it, it it's hard. Absolutely. Yeah, like we, <clears throat> if someone doesn't know how to write for us, which we've had that, that's really difficult because mm. we have to mm. review every document they make a change to, anything, uh, any incident report, uh, logs we send in for tracking and stuff, uh, all that stuff. If you're not competent at writing, we have to review all that stuff to fix grammatical issues before we can send. Yeah. Um, which is, we're getting more competent people that that's becoming less. Yeah. And it's weird too, because it's like a different style of writing, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's like third person and no personal emotion Mm -hmm. or anything like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, we've always said, you have to... Be specific, but in a good way. It's it's just it's a very weird weird thing to deal with. Yeah, it's just yeah, straight to the point. Mm. <clears throat> well, so we were doing straight to the point writing for a long time, and then we had someone tell us we need to put more fluff. And I'm like, well, that goes against everything. Mm. Yeah, if you look at their reports from when they first started to now, they are completely different. Yeah, there was like four or five lines. Mm. But like that was. It's so weird because AFHs have, like, literally a guide to everything, except Wait, for those. Yeah, okay, getting, like, an AFH set up. Yep. There's, like, a guide to, you have to do this, 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 and this. But once you have the AFH, like, they don't give you shit about how to fill out any of the paperwork you need it done after. So, like, there's, because remember we tried looking for a thing of how to properly fill out incident reports, and there's nothing Right. On the guidelines, nothing. And it's, it was very, like, case managers had, like, each case manager had their own way they wanted it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think DHS has a form for incident reporting, I think. Uh, uh. I think they made one. Oh, recently? I think so. (laughs) Probably because no one knows how to do them. Yeah, well, so I think a lot of people, there's just not a similar outline or something, right, where if there's just a specific form, and how easy is it for every case manager and every surveyor or what have you to read that because it's one form. Right. Yeah, because there was a much better form, actually, when you first started. No, there's a much better form when I started... No, the form when I started was mediocre. They implemented a much better one now. Oh, is there a different one from when I was there? I don't I don't know. Oh. I don't know. The one that I always had to fill out, I thought it was so vague because it was like, describe the in- incident, describe oh, no, the no. outcomes, describe, like... It's that same form. Oh, okay. I, I hate that form. Yeah, but you have an outline. I guess, but I feel like so much of it, like, they could do a better job of what they want in each category. Yeah, I mean, they don't really explain it. No. So, it's... Anyways, this is a tangent about stuff we don't need to talk about. Yeah, they don't do a good job explaining what they want, but at least we have an outline for an idea of what they want. Yeah. 
it goes to show that even governments don't know how to do things properly sometimes. What did you read that article on the uh, Eau Claire DHS? Yes. Yeah. What What did that uh, attorney with like over twenty years of experience in the field say? Oh, he said something about it was like the most incompetent investigation he's ever seen or something. So the oh, we could explain the Eau Claire County DHS is being investigated for um, uh, it's like I budgeting issues or something because their budget has gone up like crazy high compared to every other um, DHS department in the state of Wisconsin. So they're getting investigated and one of the attorneys said that like the investigation being done on them is just so incompetent and not done well. Yeah, but then he, then he said it is an exact replica of why mm-hmm. government or big government should not exist and it's like um like the exact it was something like this is why powerful government is a bad thing and it shouldn't exist yeah yeah because yeah i mean it's basically a government agency looking into a government agency so it was just yeah right well it's very interesting and they're essentially from what it's supposed to be is they are not stealing money, but they are over budgeting, which is... And the money's just disappearing. Right. So it's a gray area. <clears throat> yeah. So figure that gray area out. We're not going to say what that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that uh, investigation started in October, and there was only one update in December. Yeah. So who knows what's going on? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's why... Capitalism kind of works. <laughs> and socialism, not so much. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to bring feedback uh, into relationships. So we talked about feedback and feedback in your business. Yep. Um, and I feel like, too, I, for me, at least, I feel like you and I can kind of give each other feedback on stuff and what we want changed and we can take it pretty positive positively sometimes i get a little cranky at first but i'll mm-hmm. eventually change mm-hmm. um and i think that's just a good quality to have in a relationship is that you can trust the other person to say something and be like oh i don't like that you do this is there a way like we can fix this or can we compromise on this compromise i think is the better word there mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah, because if there's something you don't like that your partner does, uh, maybe yeah, have a conversation about how that can occur less. Mm-hmm. Or without changing the person, mm-hmm. but maybe compromising for the other person in the mm-hmm. relationship. Like, um, I mean, for us, we, we've talked about obviously selling our house. And I didn't want to at first because I love this house, but then Sean kept it, like, I compromised with Sean, like, let's just stay until January. So at the time it was one year and I was like, then we can sell it, get a duplex and whatnot. Um, but I've recently, I, I, 
I changed again and I said, let's just do it at the end of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like some feedback Sean gave me was we should sell the house and I was able to compromise on when we should sell the house. Because mm-hmm. if it was up to Sean, Sean, we would probably would have sold it by now. It had been sold in about May. Yep. Oh, so it had been sold this month. Yep. So. Um, but we were able to compromise about that. And, yeah. And I think that's it's just so good. Uh, there's just a lot of things him and I are able to do because we listen to each other and we can be there to help the other one feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I like this conversation Sean and I had the other day. I wanted to bring it up. Uh, involving change. Um, so we went to our first wedding last Saturday, um, which I think is how we got a cold because we were with a crowd of people. and It's just allergies, I'm telling you. Okay. Um, but it was so cool to go there because I love going to weddings because I love seeing how happy the couples always are. And I was telling Sean or asking Sean, I was like, do you think like couples that end up in divorce, if on their wedding day, they looked that happy and that perfect for each other. And it got me thinking about how so many couples I've like in movies and stuff People say they get a divorce because they're, the other person has changed and they don't like who they are now. Like They liked who they were when they first met them. But Sean and I have been talking. Like, I mean, we have changed so much since we started dating. And I'd say for the better. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's for the better. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand, like... I mean, obviously, like, people can change and become alcoholics and drug addicts, and that's not for the better. Um, But I just don't, like, as humans, like, we're naturally going to be changing and evolving as life goes on anyways. Um, Because, obviously, we're not going to be the same people, like, once we have kids or once we start traveling more. Like, we're not going to be the same people. There's no way. So, I guess I just... It confuses me how people get upset when their significant other changes, especially for the better. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of just think of yourself five years ago. Have you changed in five years? Okay. Oh, you changed. No shit. Okay, think of ten years ago. Have you changed from ten years ago? Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you get married... Okay. First off, marriage is going to be a change. Mm-hmm. And then, do you think in the next five years, even though you're with that same person, that you're going to change? Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Five years is a lot of time and a lot of outside stimulus to have a person change. Right. So, the whole point of a marriage or relationship is to grow with each other and stay with each other as I mean if you're doing a marriage right you grow together you live together from from now until forever or whatever they say um 
and that's obviously going to be with changes. So if you have two people in a partnership and they're changing, that's something you should do with your partner. Like if they are changing, you have to compromise with their change. Or you guys can change together, whatever it is. But if you get into a marriage and you like the person you're with now, and if that person changes, it's game over for you, then you probably shouldn't get fucking married mm -hmm. because that person's going to change. <clears throat> and so when you get into a partnership like that, you got to know up front, in 10 years, that person's probably going to be very, like unrecognizable to the person you married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, the facial features and shit will look the same. Some of the mannerisms or whatever they call them, right? But as far as personality, it's going to completely change in 10 years. Unless you have the same old drunk who sits at the bar and just goes through life doing the same exact thing right, for yeah. 30 years. I'm not talking about that kind of person. I'm talking about a person that actually benefits society. Right. I mean, we've talked about ourselves. You would not still be with me if I was the same person as when we started dating. Zero chance. Yep. Um, and, like, you gave me that feedback that I needed to better myself, and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of... Yeah, you definitely have changed. You've grown up quite a bit in the past two years, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean... It's it's just a natural thing that's going to happen. And the thing about it is, like, if, use feedback. Talk to each other. Because, I mean, yes, they could, I guess, change on their own. But a lot of the changes that Sean and I have made, it's because we've given each other feedback that we think could better ourselves. Right. Um, and that's that's how we have changed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a group effort it's a couple effort and it's only going to keep working if you make it an effort together absolutely so yeah i don't that's just that was just a fun conversation sean and i had while we were at a wedding yeah so it's pretty cool the the feedback loop um and how it applies to every aspect in life <clears throat> and um Oh, and make it positive. Don't make it, like, a negative thing. Like, make it a more positive thing. Like, Sean would always tell me, like, you can do better, and I want you to do better, and this is, like, how. Right. Yeah, I mean, having a positive edge to it can make you push forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, one, one thing, I said this in my Instagram post, there's only one difference between someone who is wealthy and someone who becomes bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And that only difference is how they utilize their feedback. Mm -hmm. And so everybody, so if you make one decision, right? And that decision, whether it's good or bad, you make a decision. You have, when, once that decision is finished, you now have to look at the feedback and go, okay, yep, this worked out because of X, Y, and Z, 
So when I redo this, I need to make sure x, y, and z is in the formula. Mm -hmm. On the other side, you make that decision and it fails and you go, oh, it failed because of A, B, C. Mm -hmm. So next time I do this, A, B, and C cannot be in the formula. <clears throat> and so by utilizing that feedback, you will go towards wealth. Mm -hmm. If you make that decision, you do not <clears throat> look at it, get feedback on it, and you just keep trying, or you just keep doing the shit like over and over because, oh, boom, the first one worked out, so I'm going to just do it just like the first one. Yes, but X, Y, and Z was the same. However, there was also A in there, and now A overtook your X, Y, and Z because you didn't look. Mm -hmm. You know, and so... That you're just wildfire making a decision without any feedback to why that decision exists. And so every time you do something, you have to evaluate it mm -hmm. and get that feedback. And so that was a really cool thing I learned is that there's one difference. There's only one thing that is for being wealthy or bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And it's feedback. And everything is just a decision. It's mm -hmm. just one decision after the next. Right. Uh, another, like, positive way to, I guess, try and convince someone to change well is get them to read, like, business books. Yeah, that's a good... Uh, it was Brandon Turner and his wife. Brandon Turner wanted his wife to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad... And so he made a deal with her that mm -hmm. he would read Twilight. I don't know if we've said this before in this podcast, but he would read Twilight if she read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then for every business book she'd read, he'd read another like Twilight book or whatever. Yeah. Um, and now she's like addicted to reading business books, isn't she? She does. I don't know if she's addicted to it, but yeah, she reads a lot more and she helps contribute to their business a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and, and well, and she got behind his mindset. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because she, he's a very, very type, what is it, type A, like a very go-getter type of yeah. guy. And um, his wife wasn't against him, but she wasn't fully on board to his, like, life outlook until she started reading those books. Like me. Like you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my first, like as a woman, my first business book that got me kind of reading into them and liking business more was probably Girl Stop Apologizing. But it wasn't really, I mean, it's like a self-improvement book, but it does talk about like how she started like her business and got to where she is. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to read her second one, but Harry Potter is life, so I've been too busy with that. Mm-hmm. But so. I, I mean, I like that one. The 12-week year, 12-week year. Yep. That one's really good. Mm -hmm. um, I still need to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. I'm slacking. Yep. One of my favorite books of all time is The Richest Man in Babylon. Is that the one you're reading right now? No, I'm reading Think and Grow Rich. That's, okay. That's probably... Wait, do we actually have a physical copy of that? Or did you listen to that one? Richest Man in Babylon? Yeah. I just listened to that one. Okay. Um, 
No, I think you grow rich is really cool, but um, it's uh, I would say, think and grow rich is probably out of all the books I read, that is just packed with so many good nuggets. It's just like constant good nuggets, mm-hmm. just to reinforce one idea. Mm-hmm. So it's just like one idea, and then there's like a thousand things in there just to like reinforce it, reinforce it, reinforce it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, what is it? Uh, sex, love, and something. Faith? Sex, love, faith are the three most powerful emotions when put together, yeah. Look at that. I paid attention to when you talked to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool book. Um, I don't... I listen, to, I listen to a lot of business books um, compared to reading. I just have a... Like, I could sit down and read a, a, not, a, fiction, a fiction book um pretty easily but sitting down to read a business book not all the time but a lot of the time is pretty dry yeah our, i mean our issue is like we read right before we go to bed mm-hmm. so it puts sean to sleep very quickly mm-hmm. um so i mean if i or when i do i don't do it much but when i patch out time in my day to read i am able to retain it and, and learn a lot. Mm-hmm. But one thing... See, and that's what, like, I can't listen to books. I... Because if I'm listening to something, it's usually just, like, background noise for me at work. Mm-hmm. And I can never pay attention to it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, like, business books, I have to read physical copies. So they say you learn better if you're moving. So if you're doing an activity and listening to a book, it has to be a monotonous activity like walking mm-hmm. because it can't be something that you have to think about doing. It has to just be like you're on autopilot. Oh, yeah. so And that's my problem. I can't do that at work. Right. And so when you can do that, you retain the information better than sitting and reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've discovered recently because I'm reading the Harry Potter series again and... I've read one through three, maybe four, probably the most compared to four through to seven. And I, like, every time I read it, I catch, like, little details that I, like, didn't remember from the time before. Mm -hmm. But I remember most of the story. And I think that's my problem with business books is I only read them one time. And in order to get a lot of, like, the good juicy details, I think I have to read them twice. And it's just... uh, how my brain works when I read books, I guess. Uh, there's a, there's like a saying, I do not fear a man who has read 1,000 books. I fear the man that's read one book 1,000 times. Oh, actually, I think it's about a kick. It's a kick, but then it relates to books. It's like, um, the, I do not fear a man who has practiced 1,000 kicks once. I fear the man who has practiced one kick 1,000 times. And that same thing goes into a book. Uh, they say, like, there's a thousand ways to do one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so none of them are wrong. So don't research the thousand ways. Just research one way and become so good at it that it's muscle memory and it's just done. Mm-hmm. And they say that about books or, like, following a financial plan or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Just choose one 
and become the best at that one thing and do that. That's like Dave Ramsey. All he talks about is his five baby steps or whatever it is, right? Just do this, 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 nothing else. You, It does not matter what you do. You have to do these five or six things, and that's that, period. Mm-hmm. Don't care. And he's been preaching that same damn thing for like over 20 years, whatever it is. And so it's like that is not the right way to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But... That's all he preaches. That's all he practices himself. And so he is a master at that craft. Mm-hmm. Where if he was like, oh, yeah, here's the five steps. However, you can also do this, 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 this. And, oh, because you make this, you can do this instead. And, oh, because you're doing it this way, you can add in this. That makes sense. Especially, like, I love listening to when he has callers and, like, people are just like... Oh, but because I have this, like, I'm going to do it this way. And he, like, freaks out at them. Like, he just tells them, like, no. Like, if you want to do my baby steps, you have to do it my way. Yeah. Like, there is no exceptions. Yep. And he's, like, famous for it. Mm-hmm. And so, that's where fear the man who's done one kick a thousand times, not the man who's done a thousand kicks one time. That makes sense. Yep. I like it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that goes to... um reading books so if you pick maybe like 10 good business books because there's some that are a lot better than others Mm -hmm. what no you personally will think there are some a lot better than others oh yeah everyone has a different opinion so like one of my favorite books is richest man in babylon so if i listen to richest man in babylon 10 times I'm going to pick up something new every 10 times and I can keep strengthening that strengthening that strengthening that the richest man in Babylon is where I got my breakdown for percentages for living is from richest man in Babylon and so if I keep listening to that book or reading that book it's just going to keep strengthening and strengthening my living style Mm -hmm. for what for my funds Mm -hmm. and then um and then I can just add another book so like one of those books that I will listen to a lot of times throughout my life is going to be, or that I'll read, is Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, what was the first business book you read or heard, listened? Simon Sinek, The Power of Why. When did you read that? When I was 19. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, Simon Sinek's book, How the Power of Starting with Why, that was the first business book I read. And it was very good. It's the theory behind when you start a business or a product, why it is important to start with why instead of what. So people do not buy what you do, they buy why you do it. No. And so someone's not, they, Apple, Apple is a big company that used the power of why. So people do not buy Apple because Apple has a cell phone. People buy Apple because they buy the idea of Apple, what Apple does. They're forward moving. They, they make a finite amount of things 
but they make it with quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, people believe that. They they go against the grain of the normal, like the normal, whatever, the normal world uh-huh. Apple does. So uh-huh. Apple has a certain vision, and people buy that vision. They do not buy the product. Mm-hmm. And it just goes on. He gives many examples of companies that do that. Um, but companies, so so an example would be people buy Tesla, right? So this is <clears throat> Tesla does not make the kind of money that Ford or GM makes. Right. But people buy Tesla and Tesla is valued so, so high in the stock market. Because of their why. And their why is automobiles that are good for the environment, Mm -hmm. essentially, right? And they're selling these automobiles at a high price with a certain amount of add-ons. So you get your charging ports, you get your solar panels if you want them, you get your docking station, whatever the fuck, right? You, these things you're getting, you're buying for a reason. Right. You're buying because you want that, you want to better the environment. Mm-hmm. So you own a Tesla, you're buying into the why. And that's why it's so, it's valued so high. It's such a, you know, a Ford F-150. You're just buying a fucking truck. Mm-hmm. They've been around forever. Ford is not out here on the forefront changing all these things, except for the new Mustang or whatever they came out with. That's all electric. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you're buying Ford's what? You're buying the product. You're not buying the why. That's cool. I mean, that, that goes into, like, why you started Group Homes. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't just start a group home for the what. I started because I wanted to provide better care than everybody around. And you're succeeding. I did a pretty, pretty good job at it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, I like, I like that book a lot. I've, uh, re- I've listened to that. I've listened to it a couple times and read it. I think once, two. So. I don't think I've ever, like, I, I know I've heard you mention it once or twice, mm-hmm. but... I kind of want to read that now. Yeah, it's a good... The power of why is good when you're setting up a business plan. Is good to keep your vision of your company on that. Um, it's like a really good book for that. So. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one more thing you want to talk about. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, the power of why, uh, it's really funny you mentioned that kind of ties into what I wanted to chat about, is um, the why behind your and my current vision. Mm-hmm. So our vision is an income goal. Um, and people can see an income goal as greedy. Um, but it's not about 
the money. It's about the why behind that money. What we can do with that money. Right. And so when we set our 25000 in passive income a month as our three-year goal, it is not to have that money for greed. It's like why that money would benefit us. So if we have that income, around 40% is going to go to taxes. Mm -hmm. And then the other 40% we're going to invest Mm -hmm. to keep building that to allow us to do more things, help more people, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And the last 20%, the 20% we have left, That's what we get to enjoy our life on. Mm -hmm. And so that amount, if we're investing 40% a year, and I I do the percentage living based off of the richest man in Babylon. If we take that 40% and we're constantly investing, that 20% is going to grow every year, Mm -hmm. allowing us to have a better life every year Mm -hmm. um not necessarily a better life but a life that we can live a higher standard on or do what we want yeah um and that's one thing i mean we want to travel around whenever we want Mm -hmm. we enjoy classic cars Mm -hmm. and toys we want to live in the country Mm -hmm. we want to own houses across the world yeah to vacation and to rent etc we want to own a castle because who wouldn't want to own a castle obviously um and we've talked about uh homeschooling our children when we have kids Mm -hmm. um and so these things we want to do in life are only going to be achievable by having income goals Mm -hmm. Um, because we're not going to be able to you you get one life and our why in life is to enjoy life together as a team the best we can yeah so if we if we don't have income goals like this right we're just going to coast we're not going to be able to get the most out of life like we want Um, and that's where our income goal comes in and then that income goal is going to be adjusted every every time we reach it mm-hmm. or like every every year we will tweak it um, to well we won't tweak we might tweak the percentages but whatever every year we'll be able to increase that um, but then every probably three years we will make new goals yeah for sure um, and so that stuff. It may look superficial up front, but there's a why behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam and I have that why. We just um, we just set it as an income goal to make it very easily trackable. Mm-hmm. And then we can add in all the stuff we want to do outside of that. And that's why we started this. Mm-hmm. So we can keep doing stuff while we go and explore. And mm-hmm. we can tell you guys about it. And this makes us keep learning and thriving. 
Right. Well, I mean, if we can help, the whole point is if we can help anybody from this podcast to implement any of these things or change some stuff in your current life to give you a better life. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't even have to be necessarily something you get from us, but um, as simple as if there's something in this podcast that triggers something for you to change and become better. Yeah. That's a win. Yeah. So. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, I think that's what I have for this one, Sam. That's all I got. Okay. Well, do great out there, people. Send Listen us... to your feedback. Oh, go ahead. Continue. Listen to your feedback. Read some books. They're good for you. And... Find your why. Yeah, your why to living. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on Tutors of Life at Instagram. Uh, tutors of... Oh, send us your suggestions at tutorsoflife at gmail.com. Um, I don't think anyone has told us what we should podcast about yet. Nope. <laughs> uh, check out our blogs at tutorsoflife.com. We have not recorded more of those yet uh, on Tutors of Life blog. I think that's on Spotify and something else. Yep. But, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya.